coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement projects. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. And I'm really psyched because, gentlemen, start your engines. We've got a very special guest stopping by the Money Pit this hour. We're talking to NASCAR great Jeff Gordon about his home improvement projects and the biggest challenges he faces when taking on projects on his very own Money Pit. And you'll be happy to hear he and his wife have the same issues that we all do, trying to decide what's best for the project, sticking to budget, and the like. Jeff will be by in just a bit. All right. And also ahead, April showers are certainly on their way which means termites are too. So we've got natural solutions for keeping them and their costly damage away from your home. And one of the most dreaded chores of spring cleaning is, of course, vacuuming. When you get to suck up all that dirt and dust that's sort of piled up over the winter season, one way to make that easier is by buying a better, more efficient vacuum. We'll tell you how to select that coming up. And this hour, we're giving away a 25-foot magnetic tape measure from Milwaukee, and it's worth $25. It's a great addition to your toolbox. So let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 money pit 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? All right. Now this problem is something we probably have all dealt with. Your water is taking way too long to heat up. Monty in Alabama, tell us about it. We've got a uh, our water heater. We moved into a house a few months ago and it's taken about uh, 90 to uh, 120 seconds for the in the kitchen for the hot water to heat up, which is just a tremendous waste of water. And uh, it's an electric water heater, and it's located on the other side of the house upstairs, so it's having to travel so far, I'm sure. Is there any reasonable solution to that? Yeah, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. The reason it takes that long for the water to get hot is because that's how long it takes for the water to travel that long run down the pipe and to get over to the kitchen from the other side of the house. What I might suggest that you consider is adding a second water heater. Now, you could pick up a tankless water heater, and they do actually have some reasonably energy-efficient electric tankless water heaters right now. I never used to say that, but I recently saw some some new ones. The technology is getting a little bit better. They actually have heat pump water heaters that are pretty efficient. But if you were to split the run to get the water heater a little closer to the kitchen, uh, that would make a difference. Now, is the kitchen the only place you're having this? Is it is the hot water reasonably quick in terms of where the bathrooms are located? Yes. Yeah, since the bathrooms are more important than the kitchen in terms of the speed with which the hot water arrives, especially if right. it's you standing on a cold floor waiting you know, for the water to get warm before you hop in the shower, I would probably tolerate it if it was me. I would tolerate it and and deal with it. Now, the other thing that you could do is you could put a a, uh, a, a point-of-use water heater uh, right under the kitchen cabinet to supply additional hot water. But, again, it's kind of an expensive project, and, and I don't know if, if you would ever make that up in terms of the you know savings on water costs and that sort of thing. Yeah, if it's not something that we can make up, it's not really worth doing. Cause... I don't think it's worth doing then, Monty, because it's uh, you know it's not really inconvenient – 
uh, because it's not near the bathrooms. It's just you have to be patient a little bit, waiting for that warm water to arrive. And I imagine after it arrives, it, you know, it stays warm in the pipes a little bit longer. One thing you could think about doing is uh, insulating that hot water pipe so that once the warm water gets in it, it stays warm a bit longer. And that would... Uh, yeah, that's a good thought. That would be inexpensive. Inexpensive, right, and make it a little bit more convenient. Okay. Okay, Tom, thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thanks so much, Monty. Good luck with that project, and thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Bonnie in California. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Uh, We have a condo that we've been rented for 12 years. And when our renters moved out, we were going to sell it. And uh, we saw stains on the carpet, and we thought, well, we'll pull up the carpet, replace it, and just paint and clean up and put it up for sale. Well, when we pulled the carpet back, the cement slab, it's a cement slab, single-level condo, um, 1,600, almost 1,700 square feet with a cement slab floor. And when we pulled back the carpet, we found that it was very damp, and uh, there was that white, fuzzy kind of effervescence or whatever they call it that com- comes mm-hmm. up from the cement. Uh, lots of that. Uh, we tore up all the flooring and thought, well, we'll go ahead and hire a contractor and have it, have it all fixed and put new stuff down, and it didn't dry out. It just was damp. But in any case, uh, this problem is not getting solved. We have we don't know where to go from here. Um, we want to figure out if there's some way to seal that floor that is going to keep it from, you know, ruining the carpet and wood again and uh, and, and get it for sale but fix it. So that it's so that we can say it's fixed. All right. Well, here's here's what I think is going on based on your description. If you've got that much of the water source that close to the concrete slab, concrete is very hydroscopic. I mean, it will really absorb water like crazy. And so, if the ground outside is saturated, that is clearly drawing through the concrete into the out into the interior, and that's why the the floor has been so wet. My concern is that this could develop if it hasn't already into a mold problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad news for the condominium association is that if they're responsible for the, the structure of this building, which would include the floor, this is their problem to fix, not your problem to fix. And if I was advising them, I would tell them to stop calling contractors to check leaking ponds and start calling professional engineers that can analyze the building and figure out exactly what's going on and prescribe the proper fix. They've got to think big here, not think small. Because I think they have a lot of liability because it's probably not you. You just happen to be the one that found it. But if your neighbors start pulling up carpet, they're going to probably find the same thing. All that you can do on the inside is really stopgap. I mean, you can clean up the efflorescence. You can uh, you know, put a masonry sealer on the floor. But the problem is that that concrete is going to continue to get wet, continue to get damp. And eventually it's going to pull back into the unit. So I think that you need to have a very serious sit down with that condominium association. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good luck, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling us at 1 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Still ahead, the snow is melting, which is great, but all of that extra moisture means termites will be on the rise. Want to keep them away from your home? We'll tell you next. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone Rustic Building Blocks. Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old-world charm. Available at the Home Depot. For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller who asked their question on the air this hour is going to win the Milwaukee 25-foot magnetic tape measure. Yeah, it's going to hold up as much as 10 times longer against job site dirt and debris with its nylon blade protection. Now, it's got a reinforced frame which provides drop protection and dual magnets can hold onto steel studs 
wants for easy measurement. I mean, think about it, guys. How many times do you drop your tape measure while you're doing work? Even the best of us get, you know, all thumbs sometimes during a project, and tape measures are the first things to fall on the floor. It's available at the Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com to learn more. But give us a call right now, and it might just go out to you. Now we've got Mike in Illinois on the line with a fireplace question. How can I help you today? Oh, okay, we're getting ready to move into a home that has two fireplaces, one on the first floor and one in the basement. The first floor is a stove insert, and there's two separate chimneys that terminate next to each other. The previous owner is telling us that when you're burning a fire in the stove, sometimes you get smoke out of the basement fireplace. Uh, even with the damper closed, sometimes a little smoke, sometimes a lot of smoke. So we're just wondering what's going on there and how to solve that. Well, the reason it happens is because the chimney is cold. Generally, when a chimney is cold, you get condensation of the of the smoke inside the chimney, and that makes it heavy and it could push it down. So if a chimney does not have good draft, then you're not going to evacuate the smoke from the chimney through the outside. So the question is, how do you make that chimney improve the draft? And there's a number of ways that, that that's done. Sometimes the chimney is raised, so we make it taller. Sometimes on the fireplace itself, you you uh, build in what's called a smoke shield, which is usually a piece of metal that's across the front of the fireplace that's maybe six or eight inches deep so that it improves the draft right at the front of the fireplace, and that can, and that can speed it up. But it's the kind of project that you really need to have a, a chimney expert look at uh, and I would not go to a mason for this. I would go to a shop that sells wood stoves and fireplaces because they're going to have the expertise that you need here. But the reason it's happening is because the chimney is not drafting properly. And you can minimize it, by the way, by always building a very small fire and then building it up from there. You don't want to kind of go with a big fire right off because the chimney doesn't have a chance to uh, warm up and you'll get more smoke that way. But when you do build a fire, if you start small and then let the chimney warm up, and then before you go a little bigger, that can minimize it. But I really think you need to have an expert look at it because that can be quite a nasty problem, especially if somebody else builds the fire besides you and and fills the house with smoke. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, in the 20-plus years I spent as a professional home inspector, I used to tell folks that there are three kinds of houses, those that have had a termite problem, those that have a termite problem, and those that will have a termite (laughs) problem. At least in the Northeast where we come from, that was the situation. Uh, The truth is that there doesn't have to be termites if you take steps to keep them away. Yeah, you know, and this is the time of year that you should be doing it. Termites are going to nest in soil all winter, but come springtime, they bust out, they're hungry, they're searching for food, and your home's walls are pretty much their most favorite meal. So if you want to keep the termites from chowing down on your house... There are a few things that you can do. First of all, you want to minimize moisture. Moisture is uh, very conducive to termites. And if you have a lot of moisture around your house, you're going to have a problem. Secondly, you can make sure you take the termite food away from the exterior walls. So what's termite food? How about a stack of firewood? I can't tell you how many times I found stacks of firewood around homes, right up against the foundation uh, in the years I spent as a home inspector. And then if you look carefully, you'll see that the entire stack is infested with termites. They're going to not know the difference between that stack of dead wood 
and the dead wood that makes up the frame of your house, and they'll just keep on chewing. So don't give them a head start by keeping uh, you know, firewood or anything else of that nature up against the house foundation. Yeah, another thing you can do is keep your gutters clear. Termites, they love gutters and keep them pointed away from your home so that the runoff washes the bugs further away from the foundation. You don't want to drop them right off against the foundation. Also, you don't want water there in the first place. You're just asking for a moisture problem. Yeah, and if your porch or your crawl space is dirt-filled, you want to keep an eye out for signs of these insects. So if you see discarded wings cracked or bubbling paint or mud tunnels on your home's outside walls or inside walls, it's best to call a pro to get that problem resolved. 888-666-3974. Hey, we're pros, and we're here to help you with a wide variety of home improvement projects. So soup to nuts, floorboards to shingles, whatever you're working on, give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Donna in Tennessee has got a funky guest house. Let's just call it that. What's going on, Donna? We have been in this property, on this property for two and a half years. And when, when we purchased the property, the guest house had tenants. And they moved out a little over a year and a half ago. However, there's a very funky odor in the house that instead of fading over time, is becoming more and more prevalent. The odor is best described perhaps as a stale cologne. So it's not very pleasant. Stale cologne, that's interesting, because generally when you get a funky odor in a space that's not used that often, it usually has something to do with a sink not getting water down it and the trap drying out and sewer gases coming back up. So you could get like a funky sewer smell. But cologne, are you sure the house isn't haunted? <laughs> <laughs> we we did pull up any carpeting that was in the house, and there wasn't that much. It was just in the bedroom and the bathroom. Uh, the rest of the floors are wood and tile. Have you done any painting yet? No. Um, it had been, it was fairly recently painted, you know, prior to our purchasing the house, and so I didn't. However, after the tenants moved out, I, I really thoroughly cleaned the house. Uh, we actually removed all the appliances, everything like that. But uh, I haven't repainted. Well, I got to tell you that sometimes when a house is empty, um, it tends to get a little dank sometimes. Are you running the heating system the way you would if somebody was living there? No. Yeah. So you get more moisture, and sometimes there can be odors associated with that. So unless it's really pervasive, I don't think I would worry too much about it. You're doing the right things. You pulled up the carpet. Um, if you haven't painted and you're going to paint, I would suggest one additional step, and that is to make sure you prime the walls, because if there's anything in the walls, that will block it. Mm-hmm. What type of primer? Well, you could use an alkyd primer, which is a water-based primer, or you could use a oil-based primer, something like Kills or Bin or one of the Bear products. But the primer is kind of the glue that makes the paint stick and will also seal in any stains that are absorbed into the into the walls themselves. Okay, so if it is the paint, then the primer could actually right exactly. In fact, sometimes we tell people that when they have carpets that are that are very odorous, to also prime the plywood floor before they put uh, mm. the new carpet back down again. Okay, because if anything kind of soaked through the carpet and got into the floor, that's a way to kind of seal it off. Okay, very good. Good luck with that project, Donna. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Scott and Iowa on the line who needs help with a painting project. Tell us what you're working on. I 
just recently bought a um, rental house, and the plaster, it's an older home, and the plaster was falling off the house. Well, the guy I bought it from had repaired it, but if you look at it, it's falling out in some areas and falling back in in some areas. And I was just wondering, would I have to re-drywall it, or is there a cheaper and easier way to fix that? How much of this exists? Is there a lot of this that's where it's, the plaster seems to be loose? Throughout the whole house. Yeah. Okay, so it's a problem because it's going to be dangerous. What happens is the plaster, when it's applied, it's applied over something called wood lath, which are like thin strips of wood, kind of look like those sticks we use to hold up garden plants and tomatoes and things like that. And the plaster expands to behind the lath and it sort of locks in place. But over the years with an old house, those keyways, we call them, loosen up and then the plaster is not attached to the wall anymore. So you are looking at a situation where the walls are going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And if it's the ceiling that's loose, it could be dangerous because when that plaster falls, it's really, really heavy. I've seen it dent floors and certainly could hurt somebody. So now we have the question is, what's the best way to deal with this? Should I tear the plaster out? Should I drywall over? I've done it both ways. I've come to the conclusion after trying it this way for many years, that the best thing to do is to put drywall on top of the plaster, not tear it out, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's less messy. Uh, Secondly, that even when you tear out the lath and the plaster, you'll find that the studs from the old house behind it are not very even. So when you put drywall up, it tends to warp sometimes. So what I would do is I would attach new drywall over the plaster. You can use three-eighths of an inch thick drywall too. You don't even need to use half-inch drywall. And then by attaching from the drywall through the plaster into the studs, you'll help secure that loose plaster so you won't have any further movement in that room. That would be my recommendation. That works out. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, guys, race fans and home improvers often run in the same circles. You know, maybe it's because winning a race and finishing a project kind of give you that same thrill. Well, that's what our guest this hour says. Anyway, we're going to be talking to NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon about his home improvement projects after this. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, if you've ever been to a NASCAR event, you know the crowd is very down-to-earth and DIY-friendly, so it's no surprise that NASCAR and home improvement enthusiasts run in the same circles. Well, it's certainly not a surprise to our next guest, who is no stranger to the trials and tribulations of home improvement himself. Tom was super fortunate to run into NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon recently and got an update on his home improvement life. 
So, Jeff, I understand that you uh, are a home improver. You're actually working on a place right now. What are you building? Yeah, I wish I could say I'm a hands-on home improvement type of guy. But, no, I, you know, my wife and I, we love different projects. And we've, uh, you know, we built a house in Charlotte, North Carolina, where our, our primary residence is. But we also sold an apartment in New York and, and bought a new one. And so, you know, we looked at the design of, of how we purchased it and wanted to add some things to it and sort of make it our own and, and and so, yeah, we've been doing that for the last uh, maybe six months. So what do you find most challenging about taking on those projects? The budget. <laughs> my, my wife has impeccable taste, which I, I love that about her. But uh, trying to, to blend that impeccable taste into the budget is always a challenge. And, and then, you know, once you set that budget, just trying to maintain it. So Home Improvement has been uh, responsible for a lot of stress in marriages. Do you guys have trouble deciding uh, what's going to happen with the design? Oh, yeah. But uh, we make a good team, you know, because uh, she is great at compromising in the areas worth compromising, but she pushes back on the areas that she feel uh, are important, and I, I feel the same way. So, you know, I think building the house together, you learn a lot about one another as a, as a couple. And now this is what our third project that we've done together, and we're still going strong. So I think it, uh, it, it shows, you know, what kind of relationship we have. Now, as you're building this house, there's a lot of new technology now that we never had before. Have you uh, tried any new technologies? What's exciting about the projects as you try to flush them out? What's something new and cool that you had to have in your house? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, certainly the, the audio-video portion of it. For, and I'm, I'm kind of, I go both ways on this because I, I love the technology and, and it's so cool to have a, a touch screen where you can adjust the, the temperature of a room or, you know, put music on. Or, or your alarm system, all integrated into one system. But at the same time, when it doesn't work, it's very, very frustrating. So, yeah, obviously, technology has come a long way when it comes to that and very few uh, issues. But, yeah, no, I, I love I love incorporating cool new things. That I, you know, the whole uh, Bluetooth and, and, like, Sonos and some of those things where it's just easy to connect right to your own uh, music library through your phone or your iPad or just be, being able to, to to go to Pandora or something like that. I mean, of course, you want all the the regular comforts, uh, you know, that make life a little easier. But I like music. I love I love walking into a house and, and hearing music throughout the whole house. Now you mentioned budget. One way to fight that is to make sure that your home is as green as possible. You're saving as much energy. Have you focused on the green aspects of your projects? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think certainly from insulation uh, standpoint and making sure that uh, you know the doors, windows uh, are not just quality but but sealed properly, and and just trying to keep the heat in and the air, you know, cold air from 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 getting in or or vice versa in the summer. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like that's always something that I'm willing to, to budge on the budget a little bit because I know the long-term effects. I want, I really wanted with our house in Charlotte, wanted to, to do more with uh, solar panels and, and you know, kind of work towards getting off the grid, but uh, we're not, not quite there yet. We're talking to NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon. Now, Jeff, your dad, you got two young kids. Child safety is real important to you. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, our, our lives revolve around our kids. So, you know, whether it be a, a playroom and, and a place that they can create and, and have amazing ideas and, and have fun but educational at the same time, uh, as well inside as well as outside. Uh, you know, when, when the weather's nice, we want, we want them outside enjoying that uh, beautiful air outside. 
Now, you're here announcing a new project with uh, the ADA Foundation. Tell us about Give Kids a Smile. Yeah, you know, 3M's a new partner of ours this year, and, uh, you know, they're incredible in the, the innovation technology side of things. And, you know, I do a lot with, with my own foundation, pediatric uh, cancer, but it, it's really about children's health. And, and I'm really excited to be able to get behind uh, this program where uh, we can talk about children's dental health and, and how important that is. And certainly when I think about my kids on a day-to-day basis and there are routines that we've um, you know really put into place for them, the dental health side of it is so, so important. And, and I think a lot of it is because I neglected that as a kid and want to make sure that my kids understand how important that is and, and how it affects your overall health. And of course, thanks to 3M, there's great technology uh, these days through cool to- toothbrushes that get kids more involved and as well as, as just the, the dental industry and how they've evolved with making uh, that experience going to the dentist uh, so much more fun and easy and, and painless. Fantastic. Now, the home improvement fan and the NASCAR fan have always been very closely aligned. What do you think pulls these two groups together? Yeah, that's, you know, I, I think people that, that are NASCAR fans, you know, they, they, they like to build. They like to create their own projects. I mean, I, I see how innovative they get when they come out to the racetracks, you know, and they build a structure that, that is going to be their, their sort of weekend fun home to watch a NASCAR race. And I think that's just one side of them that they take back home in their everyday life. I think all of us have that in us. You know, they, we all, we look at an aspect of our home. We say, you know, gosh, I either need to fix this or... Or, or need to you know improve this and now there's great ways to go out there whether it be online or, or some great stores like you know like a Lowe's it's a sponsor Hendrick Motorsports that um, you can go out and find a very cost-effective way to do that my co-host Leslie Segretti she's a great decorator while you were out trading spaces now hotel impossible and she's a mommy blogger you mentioned that you're a fan of mommy bloggers why is that I am. You know, I've seen innovative ideas that have been created because of moms and and what they've gone through, whether it be through pregnancy, through birth, or, you know, just through the first several years of of having a child or or multiple children. And uh, these great ideas that they come up with because they say, I need this. And it's great to see moms that, that do that. So just this week, uh, Leslie has two young kids, and her washing machine blew up. Any advice for Leslie? <laughs> yeah, you're talking to a guy that loves to drive a race car and knows uh, certain aspects of, of what makes that car go, but has no clue how to fix it. So uh, I'd say find a good pit crew. <laughs> Great advice, Jeff Gordon. Thanks so much for being a part of the Money Pit. Thank you. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone Rustic Building Blocks. Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old-world charm. Available at the Home Depot. For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We're going to help you with whatever it is you are working on right now at your Money Pit. And one of our callers is going to win a great prize. We're giving away the Milwaukee 25-foot magnetic tape measure. It's got nylon blade protection, which means it's going to hold up as much as 10 times longer against job site dirt and debris. Its reinforced frame provides drop protection and dual magnets hold 
hold on to steel studs for easy measurement. The Milwaukee 25-foot magnetic tape measure is available at the Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com to learn more and give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Stephen, North Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a, a cabin uh, way out in the woods, small cabin out in the woods. And years ago, I built a bathroom on, and I put in a, I believe it is a iron base, but a porcelain-coated uh, tub. And uh, I don't use it that often, but it has developed this very light blue staining all around the drain and has, you know, exceeded out. I've used bleach, I've, you know, different cleaners. And I'm wondering, is is there a painted surface or what is going on with that, if, if you might know? It's probably minerals from the water. Uh, are you on a well by any chance? It is, in fact, yes. It is way out in the woods. You may be getting some mineral salts from the water, probably hard water that are just evaporating and, and, and staying behind and then reacting with the with the the drain metal material to kind of form that. I've seen that before. It's almost fluorescent. Yeah, in older houses that I've been in, I've noticed that, that you'll sometimes see that. Yeah, the best thing to use is CLR, calcium line rust remover. That product is pretty effective at making the minerals go away, but you might find... Uh, that if it's uh, worn the surface off of the drain and that sort of thing, that it just doesn't clean very well anymore. Okay, well, thank you so much. Ellen, by the way, um, I wish y'all would uh, just every other show play the trailer music and just let it play. I love that. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really do. Living a money pit. The music <laughs> is great. All right, Steve. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it might still be cold where you live, but it's almost spring. It starts in just a couple of weeks, which means it's time to bring your yard and garden back to life. Mm -hmm. If you've laid mulch in your flower beds to give them some warmth from winter, now is the time to start removing it. So as the weather does get warmer, it can actually reach the soil itself. You want to do it gradually, though, because just like you, your garden doesn't want to go from cold to warm too fast. Good point. And if you live in a warmer region where mulch adds all that much-needed moisture. You want to start refreshing those upper layers to keep beds thriving and trim back any unwanted winter growth. This way you'll make room for this year's blooms, which are going to be absolutely beautiful. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Going up north to Rhode Island, where Doug's got a question about heat sources. What can we do for you, Doug? Yeah, hi. Good evening. Uh, I appreciate your show, and I thank you for all your uh, hard work in providing such uh, wonderful answers. I, I, my question has to do with, I'm looking, considering an alternative source for heat in the, in the event of power loss. And I'm trying to weigh my options, and I'm looking at pellet stoves and wood stoves, and I'm wondering what your opinions are and if, there are, if there's anything else that I should be considering. Yeah, you should be considering a whole home generator if you're concerned about power failure. I mean, look, it's not just the heat that you need in the power failure. Um, if, have you thought about installing a generator? Uh, you know, if I did install one, it would have to be one that just kicks on, one of those whatever they call it, the automatic style. Yeah, it's called, it's called, let me explain this to you, Doug. It's called a whole home generator. It's a permanently installed appliance. It would be installed outside your house. 
you can buy one that can cover every single circuit in the house, or you could buy a smaller one that would just cover select circuits like, for example, your furnace or your boiler. And when the power fails on the grid, the the whole home generator automatically kicks on and then repowers your entire house. Now, these don't run on gasoline. They can run on natural gas or propane, which means you never have to worry about fueling them or finding gasoline to to fill a tank, for example, because that's what you'd have to do if you had a portable generator. So I would protect my power first. Now, as to the question about installing some alternative heat source, like a pellet stove or a wood stove, sure, one of the other of those is fine. I think you'll find maximum efficiency with the pellet stoves, and the most efficient stoves also have their own combustion air supply. That's where most folks go wrong, because if you don't have an outside combustion air supply, where do you think all that air comes to fuel that fire. It comes from inside your house, and that's the air that you've already paid to heat through your heating system. So you want to have an external combustion air supply to help improve the efficiency. Does that make sense, Doug? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I do have natural gas. Well, then you're all set up. I would take a look at the uh, Kohler generators or the Generac generators, both great brands. Yeah, I'll look into it. Good luck, Doug. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, it might not be the most glamorous thing that you're going to buy, but this purchase can actually make your life a whole lot easier. What are we talking about? Well, we'll let you know when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show continues. You live in a money pit. Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety and convenience, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, and we're going to jump into our community section's postings where I've got one from Stephanie in Delaware who writes, I love making the homemade stain I learned about from your show, the one created by mixing steel wool with vinegar. But my question is, how long can I keep it? The thing is, with these homemade stains, you've got to pretty much make the stain and make enough to do the project and then don't expect to save it. It's not like when you buy stain in a can at the paint store where you could save it for months or even years. When you make homemade stain, and the recipes are online, just Google them at Money Pit Homemade Wood Stains, uh, you need to make just enough to get the project done and then just properly discard whatever's left over. Yeah, and you know what, Steph? The longer you hold on to it, the more the color is going to change. So it's not really going to make sense that you're going to be able to match it down the road. Well, there's no doubt about it. Vacuuming sucks, especially if your vacuum doesn't work very well. The solution is to purchase a new one, but they're getting very complex, which means there's a lot of options to sort through. If that's a purchase you plan for your future, Leslie's got tips in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, I think it can be really overwhelming when you go vacuum shopping. You've got a lot of bells and whistles on certain models. They're coming in fun, bright, shiny colors. So it can be easy to get overwhelmed by the amount of features and how they're looking. But what you really need to think about when you get to the market and you're shopping online or shopping in person for a vacuum, you got to think about what you have. So start with your floor type. If you've got wall-to-wall carpet, a classic upright is probably going to be what you need. Canister vacuums, they're good choices for homes with a mix of carpet and hard wood, but they can be tough to lug around, which you're going to end up doing. And consider the attachments when you're comparing 
staring vacuum prices. You know, there's no point in paying for a drapery attachment if you don't have drapes. Or even if you have drapes and you never, ever vacuum them, you don't need that attachment. Now, from there, you've got to know about your filtration. Vacuums that collect to a bag are going to offer almost none of it. If keeping particles out of the air is important, you want to look for a high-efficiency particle air filter, also known as HEPA for short. Now, it's going to absorb more than 99% of larger particles, which is great for household allergies. And speaking of allergies, you want to steer clear of bagless vacuums if you're prone to allergies. Because when you empty that vacuum's bin, all of that dirt and everything that you've collected, dirt, debris, what have you, you're literally going to push a button and it's all going to just drop out right into your garbage can. And it does make this huge cloud of dust up in your face. So you really want to make sure that you got a vacuum that's going to work with your needs. And finally, you need to make sure that you test drive a vacuum before you buy buy it because you have to make sure that it pushes and pulls just the way you want it to. Hey, speaking of test driving a vacuum, did you see the story a couple of months ago about, uh, it was like a Roomba styled robotic vacuum. Woman in South Korea buys this vacuum, uh, sets it up to vacuum her apartment. And then uh, I guess she hadn't had it too long and, and she fell asleep on the floor and the vacuum didn't necessarily detect her as an obstruction and it ate her hair. And she woke up to oh. find her vacuum had consumed about 10 inches of her hair and they had to take the thing all apart to get her yeah. out of it. So uh, let that be a lesson to you. Or take a scissor to her hair. Yeah, well, no, that wouldn't be right. <laughs> no, the poor Roomba had to get uh, destroyed, I think, to save the hair. So I guess if you if you uh, are going to invest in a Roomba, don't fall asleep on the floor. Yeah, pick a new napping spot. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, we're going to talk about garage doors. If you're going to change yours, you want to pick the right one because it adds a lot to your curb appeal. It can definitely drive up the value of your home. We'll go through the options on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.